0: I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong, because y'all are idiots.
1: And I'm Drew with a U. Alright, let's frickin' get some hot D action. And
2: I'm Handsome Drew. I sit on the Iron Throne of Opens. When you play the game of intros, you either win or you die. And
0: And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve.
2: Welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm Drew Crawford, joined by Kyle Cox and Drew Allen, and tonight we are talking about the season finale of House of the Dragon, where we expect this pod to also get nine bajillion views as well. So uh, <laughs> we're all just looking for our own little seat of power here. So per, per one cent per listen, come yep, on, yep, yep, come on, bring it, bring it. Uh, this show has uh, had a lot going on in it. Uh, We've had a lot of time jumps, a lot of recastings. Uh, We've had a good amount of incest and also dragon (laughs) fights. I mean, we have been all over the map. And this is finally the inciting incident that leads to the Dance of the Dragons and the Civil War uh, between the Greens and the Blacks. And so while so much has happened in these first 11 episodes or 10 episodes. It also feels like we knew this was coming the whole time. And why did it take us 10 episodes to get here? So there's yeah. a little bit of that frustrating feeling, but also I'm really glad that they did it this way. Cause I care about all these characters. I think they're all very yeah. well-developed and well-written and I am now just mad that we don't have season two yet.
1: Um, yeah for sure (laughs) it's a really good point
2: which you may remember I have joked that we were already in season 2 because of the time jump so I don't know by my own logic we should be on season 5 now but whatever
0: sure close to it Uh,
2: regardless I want more episodes but did you guys have any immediate reactions from your first viewing or multiple viewings of the season finale of House of the Dragon
0: I don't remember how I felt after the first season of Game of Thrones but I don't think I felt like this I think this is This is fantastic from the get-go. I'm with you. I wish season two was here now.
1: Yeah, and and it's weird, too, because it seems like each episode is its own season. And it feels like they could have, like we've said, the first six episodes could be their own season. And then we got our second season. And so it's like I've been used to getting a a full season of this show every week. And now I have to wait, what was it, two years for the next season? What? Probably
2: 2024. That is disgusting, and the worst news <laughs> I've heard in a while. Brought to you by... Yeah, NTP probably going to be 2024,
1: yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> I loved this episode, and I I liked these these last two episodes kind of felt like a, a, a pairing. Um, They have a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels, yes. and I can't wait to break that down as we go through this episode.
0: And with you, did you all notice on the opening credits?
1: I was just going to, before oh, we get out of the way, ahead. I just wanted to get it out of the way, that Kyle... You were right. I don't know if I've ever told you this before. What's up? But. Not many times. Uh, when when Rainies flies to Rhaenyra and says, this is the news, oh, yeah. and they didn't kill them for this reason, it made sense. And it was really cool, and it totally redeemed her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, they did They did a good job of drawing out Rainie's making her decision, and making it. Making the last episode make sense. Uh, which is why I think this is some really, really good writing. Crawford, did you notice that the opening credits, where it's been the bloodline of all the sigils and stuff, was different this episode? Did you notice that?
2: Uh, so I skipped it, because I was like, I've seen it, I get it, take me to oh. my dragons.
0: So this time it was the sigils of uh, Rhaenyra's kids and uh, Alicent's kids, as opposed mm-hmm. to their great-great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I got that from Ryan Airy, much appreciated, Ryan Airy. And the episode opens with Luke saying he doesn't want to be the king of Driftmark for a different. He has already right, said that before right. in like episode four or five or whatever. But this time he's like, I can't even swim. Like, what am I going to be the king of? Like the lake people? I don't want to do this. I thought that was great. I think he said something like, I'm, "We're meant to fly, not swim or whatever." And I was like, I kind of like where your heads at. Also, you're just scared, but I like where your heads at. And yeah, I guess it turned out that his different hair color doesn't mean a darn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I thought that was some really good foreshadowing, too. That nice little scene that Rhaenyra gets with Luke uh, at the beginning, where she's like, you know, I didn't believe in myself either, and here I am. You know, whatever. You believe in yourself. (laughs) This is great. And you kind of see Rhaenyra treat her kids like they're adults now, and uh, boy, does that not go the way she wants it, it was that scene where I was like, yeah, I don't think Luke's going to make uh, it out of this uh, season. Uh, that was my, when they had that little moment there in the war room or whatever, I was like, uh-oh. This does not bode well for my boy Luke.
2: Yeah, when she when she looked him in the eyes was like, everything's going to be okay. I was like,
1: sure mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure's not going to be. I'm <laughs> pretty sure you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get how his personality comes out of Rhaenyra and Harwin strong like that seems polar opposite to both of their personalities, and to also have Daemon as your father figure.
0: So, so I think it matches up with Rhaenyra, and you get to see a lot of Rhaenyra as a ruler in this episode, what she could be as a ruler in this episode, and it matches up way closer to what Viserys was than what I was hoping nah. uh, or what I thought it would be. Um, so you 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 do get to see that that soft side to Rhaenyra, um, whereas I thought she'd be ready to burn everybody to the ground. They did a really good slow burn with her having to figure out why do I want to rule over Ash and Bone? and what, What's going to make it worth it? Um, so I thought they did a really good job dragging that out but before episode. we
1: get to all of that too, we get to see her do one of the hardest things I've ever seen in any TV show ever, which was birth her baby by herself. Whoa. <laughs> what <laughs> in the that world? Yeah. Why?
0: Right before that, when Rainey's comes in and is like, hey, by the way, your dad's dead, and also your half-brother usurped your crown. Um, and Damon immediately just goes, Who saw him die? how did he oh, die? Oh, yeah. And then when no one answers, he's like, They killed him, <laughs> they killed your father. Like he just yeah. automatically jumped to like, someone killed him, let's go burn everybody to the ground. I love yeah. Damon so much. That will never change. Um, but then the brutal stillbirth scene. Oh my gosh, that's tough. Uh, I noticed in this episode, I think there's three really big callbacks to the first episode, yeah. kind of making a nice little circle of storytelling. One at the beginning, one at the middle, and one at the end. And the beginning one, uh, we see the stillbirth of a child, which happened in the first episode, with Queen, <laughs> who who died while giving birth to Jaime Sandova. And that was kind of the first one. I was like, I see what you're doing, HBO. Uh, we're, uh, we're trying to tie this thing up with a pretty bow. But yeah, that was a really tough scene. And also... I don't know if it's necessary. No. I don't know why they did that to
1: us. The only thing I can think of was that we're in a time of war. We're starting out with the getting the war started. And so Rhaenyra's like, I don't have time to go through labor. Um, whereas in episode one, like you said, they're in a time of peace.
2: It also primes her up for the decision she's got to be making over the next, you know, couple of hours or days or whatever as they're gathering all their lords and people are telling her a bunch of different stuff. It's like none of y'all understand what it's like to lose the people closest to you in a very intimate way like this. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. I just experienced the, like the biggest trauma probably anybody could ever experience all by myself. And like, now you're all looking at me like, well you should do this and you should do this. It's like, uh, you guys don't get it. Like it, yeah, what's what's the point of ruling over if everything is dead? Right? Yeah. Life is more important than being Oh, in that's charge. good. Can you pick up on that? Um and I think I liked what Rainey said as well when she was like she's the only one in that room trying to discern what's the right course of action to do yeah. as everybody is just telling her to like to start a war. Yeah. Including and Damon, then the, as you pointed out. Mainly Damon, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, the episode starts off with her losing a child, and it ends with her losing a child, wow, too. that's a tough mm-hmm. circle. Very um,
2: sad, I know. Yeah, that is a tough circle. The one thing I'll say about that birth scene before we move on from it is, like, it was really okay. rough to watch. Like, I know Game of Thrones has had, like, some gory battle scenes and, like, some maybe... Uh, two descriptive sex scenes, this was a very bloody, gory, intense Ugh. birth scene. And it yep. made you feel it. And there were certain sounds that <laughs> happened in it that was like, oh, we didn't need that. Oh, <laughs> man, it's so much worse. <laughs> yeah, when she grabbed the
0: skull uh-huh. of the kid and ripped That's, it, I was like, you was know what? That didn't need that.
2: Didn't need that. Like you said uh, about kind of the callbacks, I liked what the director said after the episode as well as they pointed out, like, This is, in a very real way, connecting her to her father that she just lost, who did the same thing, lost a baby and Mm -hmm. like wrapped it up and burned it. And it's like, yeah, just another uh, connection back to her father, the king.
0: Another connection to the first episode, um, we get the funeral scene uh, for the stillborn child, um, which also happened in the first episode. Um, Or is that the second episode? No, it was the first episode. And that's when the Eric or Arik or whatever one of the twins shows up with the crown of Viserys mm. and hands it to her. Damon places it on her head, which was very nice. And everybody bows to her except for Rhaenys. Um, and I think two, at least two times in this episode, everybody either bows or calls her like my queen or whatever. And Rhaenys doesn't do it, mm-hmm. um, even though Damon like assumes from the get go that they've got her dragons yeah, and point. her allegiance, which was fun. Um, But Eric showing up, or Aric, the the brother showing up with the crown, I thought was really cool. And also kind of ties you back into the first episode of this season um, as well. And then Crawford, at one point, Damon said, when they were trying to figure out, you know, how should we go fight them right now? Damon's like, let's get on the dragons right now. Let's go burn the whole place down. Let's be done with this thing right now. Yeah. Which I was Uh totally for. Um, but he said there are three unclaimed dragons and then three riderless dragons, or no, three wild dragons and three riderless dragons. Yeah. Um, and so I think the riderless dragons are Lainor because uh, he's he's run off to another land with his lover, and I think the other two are Jaharis and Jaharis's wife. Is uh, that right?
2: Yeah. So there's there's Vermithor who was uh, King Jaharis's one and that's like the second biggest dragon that's who uh he goes and is singing to that's the dragon wow he's, he's trying Ooh, to go okay the daemon yeah that's okay. uh vermathor um the other two i can't remember off the top of my head um but yeah probably um queen Al- Alisande. all the names sound familiar, but yeah queen <laughs> Alisande, yes. good queen Alisande, who is married to king jaharis um her dragon might be up for grabs right now as well.
0: But then so he says there's three wild ones, there's three Radulous ones, and then he lists off how many of the high towers have and he goes, That's thirteen to their three. And I was like, thirteen? Time out. How many dragons do we got here? So can you confirm for me that this is about to be a civil war that's gonna last what I assume to be a long time, and one camp has thirteen dragons and the other has three?
2: Well, when he said the thirteen dragons, he's claim he's counting in ones that they don't actually have. He's just saying they have access to them. If they get the ones that are... Un- also, yeah. I don't know if you and, yeah, saw true. this,
1: but do you remember how the episode ended? Because one of theirs is a little bit tougher than a couple oh, of Oh, their- I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Their, their <laughs> sure, dragons sure, sure. Yeah, are yeah, yeah. much smaller. Yes. Um, and, and not
2: all and of I them. I think he also right? said like, there's
0: some that are in the incubator. So there's some yeah, more on the yeah. way, I guess. Yeah.
2: He was adding that count. But I love yeah. that he immediately did like in the modern day take of like counting the nukes right like sure uh, yeah. I could do trick yeah. uh quick dragon math and uh one plus two plus two plus one plus two plus two plus okay yeah, we got him
1: <laughs> I got... Uh, anyway, abacus out here real quick it's like
2: yeah, it's like hey it's a great clue reference they have three dragons. They have three nuclear bombs and could totally take out the United States, but we have ninety and we could take out
1: the whole world. So wouldn't that be cool? Sure. Just let it all burn. Kyle, are you are you ready to see? I, don't, I know this is pretty close to when the episode came out. Are you ready to see the parallels between Damon and Otto in this episode? No, I'm not. <laughs> I feel like that all. you were blinded please by don't. your Damon love. But please okay. don't do that to me. <laughs> I won't go. <laughs> You're both controlling the woman yes. in power, and they both really want the battle. They both want the bloodshed. They both understand the path forward is way simpler if we remove some pieces from the board. Sure, and yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. No, that's, that's and also we get parallels between Alison and Rhaenyra, and that that kind of their relationship also. And I think this these past two yeah. episodes do a good job of reframing both Alison and Rhaenyra for the seasons to come, sure. which I really love.
0: And then the to my callback of the three big callbacks from the first episode, there in the middle, uh, we get Otto Hightower coming to Dragonstone. Nice. Driftmark? Nice. Dragonstone. 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 And he's on that same bridge that he was yep. on in the first episode to be mad at Damon. <laughs> and Rhaenyra comes in, same course, and drops right behind him on her dragon, walks straight up into the middle of Damon and Otto again, um, I thought that was a really nice callback.
2: Yeah, Damon's still out there just casually being uh, insolent and like, I'll I'll kill you right here on this bridge. Let's do it. Yes.
0: Otto Hightower gives her the piece of paper from the book that she ripped out the page of and it's about the fable of their friends and blah, 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 who cares? And you can tell that it actually touches Renera, and that she is a good person at heart because she does not, she would rather not kill a whole bunch of people if it meant the best for the realm. And I thought that was a great way of showing that. Whereas the last time she was on this bridge, she told Damon, kill me right now. Like, kill me right now. Take my claim or take your your claim back. Like, just do it. Kind of very hot-headed. Whereas this Renera is saying, okay, what really is best for the realm? Is it best for the realm if I don't make a big deal about this and I just let it go? Um, I think the outcome is going to be the same for Renera either way or would be either way, whether or not she goes to battle and dies or whether she... Says she doesn't want to go after the crown. I think Otto's going to find a way to kill her either way. Um, But I thought that that was a really great character development moment. It's really good writing. Uh, And that was a really fun scene. And for, uh, for another callback from the uh, first episode.
2: It's also pretty good um, foreshadowing, setting up what's going to happen later when you see Renera interact with an envoy of an enemy and she shows them respect you know, she makes some threats and and but lets them keep their lives like it's like you came here to deliver a message. You did like I in her mind, she probably would be justified and especially in Damon's mind would have been justified to kill them right then. Um, oh, sure. Th- but that's not how you treat people under the rules of hospitality and the terms of engagement. And so she's like, we all operate under this. Uh, you know, to quote John Wick, it's like the rules, right? It's what separates us from the animals. Like you have to have these sure. rules of like how we engage with one another. And she assumes that's going to apply to her children as well when she sends them out as envoys. Uh, oh and man. Just a little <laughs> bit.
0: If if in that first scene when she when Luke and Renara have that touching, oh I love you, you're my whatever scene in Dragonstone, then. When she holds his hand and she's like, promise me no fighting. <laughs> and Luke is like, I promise. And I was like, no, dude, that's not good for you. Yeah. Don't do that. Oh, I skipped over a big one. Does anybody have anything they want to talk about um, with that scene where they start putting the chess pieces on the board of whose house has got who and all that jazz? Uh,
2: yes, but Drew, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I know, I, Crawford, you're going to come in here with all of the knowledge, so I'll, I'll give you the floor after I just wanted to point out, I thought it was really cool that the high towers have the throne. They have the conqueror's crown, the conqueror's sword. They have all of these symbols of power, and so their game plan is to shore up and get all the keep all the power to figure out how to keep hold of everything that they have. Whereas the Rhaenyra side is like, okay, we've been planning this. We have more firepower, which they they don't have as big an army. I don't know. It just seems like they're. War Room is more geared towards let's get this battle going. Let's get it started. And there's a lot more agency and a lot more interesting things happening at their table. Whereas the the High Towers are just kind of like, okay, we've got this planned out. Let's how do we how do we keep how do we hold on to our things? How do we not share our toys? And I I kinda like that dynamic of we're on Ranira's side, I feel like the show is on Renira's side, more so than Allison's side.
0: If, if you ever weren't by the end of this episode, you definitely, it's 100% clear who they want you to yeah. root for, mm-hmm. at least. Whereas Chaos, somewhat ambiguous throughout, still leaning Renera. now you're like, 100%, kill all the people, girl. You you do you. Mm-hmm. So th- I thought that was a really cool scene there. at the What's the big table filled with fire?
2: It's called the Painted Table. It's actually what it's referred to the as. Uh, and Aegon the Conqueror actually had it crafted uh and he would like study it for years as they as he planned like this is how I'm going to go take over um I'm not going to
1: say I'm let down by that but I wanted it to be like the dragon brimstone lava table <laughs> <laughs> sure uh
2: so I will say this is the first time I'm I think that you've seen it lit up yeah that was yeah, a cool feature sure. that i honestly that cool. didn't know could do that. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> That was very cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, this this scene gives you something that's tough. Uh, Renera's not uh, not lack of interest, but her withholding, wanting to go and fight and stand up to Damon. Damon straight up calls her out in front of everybody, which I don't think you should do, um, regardless if she's your wife or not. I don't think that's a great thing to do in front of all of the queen's subjects. Um, and then they have their little one on one where he strangles her, basically, mm-hmm. um, to show her, like, you know, power is the most important thing, not anything else, which um, may be something to that when you have 13 dragons on your side. I don't know. But I couldn't tell if he did that as a show of, this is how important power is, that you're the queen, yet I've got you by the throat, or if he was just pissed that no one ever told him about the prophecy, uh, about the, the prince he was promised or whatever. Uh, Crawford, could you lead into that any at
2: all? Sure, yeah. I think that you're right, that there is... There's a little bit of that where he's mad because, again, it's another thing that is further proof that he was never, ever going to be the heir, right? Yeah. That he got passed over once again with this, like, incredibly important family secret. And it's just one more thing that he feels less than about. And two, this is also, like, what he's best at is war. And so he sees an opportunity to be like, finally, I get to show off my strengths and sure his, yeah. and his wife is like no no we're not going to do that and he's like i don't understand like i'm this is my best time to shine and i'm the man and probably feel like i should still be in charge mm-hmm. right like even though you're the queen like whatever like i feel like i should still kind of be in charge and he's now having to come face to face with okay she truly is in charge Uh, she's, like, calling me out. uh, You know, I'm trying to give orders, and she keeps disregarding them. And now I get this thrown in my face as well, that there was another secret going on in the family the whole time behind my back. I think he's just uh, very frustrated, and he feels like somebody just murdered his brother.
1: And (laughs) I think the writing points out heavily that he feels like this is his brother all over again, right? Because...
0: Yeah, he said, That's your father yeah. talking at least once. And yeah. I, I
1: think that communicated a bunch of Damon's backstory of just being upset that of having to watch his brother rule differently than he would have. And he doesn't want to go through that again.
0: Yeah, and then there's that interesting line when Damon says, I still have some uh, loyal people in the Kingsguard or whatever. I'm sure that'll come yeah. up to be big in season
2: two. Yeah, the the gold cloaks that he established yeah. in, in the first episode and you the see him like, cut yeah. cut people's hands off and stuff. Uh so yeah. he he really took over the the city watch uh and made them the gold cloaks and they're all very loyal to him still because he basically made them powerful and so they Oh it was always... the city's
0: watch, not the king's guard. Yeah, correct. And those are different things. Yes, okay. correct.
2: Um the white cloaks are the king's guard. Yeah, okay, track. there's only like seven of them, but there's like hundreds of the city city watch. And, oh okay. Um they're like the police force of King's Landing. And gotcha. they while they serve the crown will always be a little bit loyal in their hearts to Damon because they see him as their true leader who established them and, and gave them authority and power in the city.
0: Very cool. Um, and then I thought seeing Jace around the board kind of moving um, the pieces around showing that like, Hey, I'm kind of getting mm-hmm. into this. Um, I thought that was cool. Cause I, I, unfortunately I think he's going to become a larger part of this <laughs> than I want him to be. <laughs>
2: uh, also, I really like uh, the Valerian daughters and how they are even in scenes where they don't have any lines, they still make their presence yeah. known in, in pretty powerful mm-hmm. ways. And I like that about their characters that they're like, I get that maybe I'm not supposed to be speaking right now at the War Council, but you all will notice yep. me, right? Like sure. as they take, they flank the sides of the two boys of like these are mm-hmm. our betrothed, and like we're here too, and we're a part of this. And I, I like the the Valerian daughters; I think they're cool.
0: So I just learned in this episode that Jace and Luke are nicknames and not their actual names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Game uh, of Thrones, throw uh, me a <laughs> flipping bone here! What are we doing? So it's just Saris and Luceris?
2: Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Such a uh, pain, man. <laughs> just when I thought I got it right, you hear him call them by different names, I'm like, hey, time out. Time, time out. Um. So then, I thought that was a really cool scene. I think they're setting up some good stuff with Jace. They're going to set up some really cool stuff with Damon. Um, but the big part there um, is, is Renera Jace, I think, demands, right? Renara said, hey, we need to send some ravens out to our people we think might be our friends to get them on our side. And Jace says, no, like, we need to go. It should be us going, dragons fly faster than ravens. Also, this is important to us, like, let your sons go. And you can tell there's, like, a moment where she's like, whew, don't really want to do it. But she, like, realizes these are young men. We're kind of at war now. Like, it's time for them to grow up. And she sends them on what is definitely one doomed mission and what is... Probably a successful mission on the other side, but I think the fact they're waiting until season two to show us what happens with Jace is also um, a good little tidbit that they decided yeah. on. it was right for them to end it the way yeah. they did I think uh
1: yeah, no, I, and there's also something that like she seems like they're right, like they are right like they should be they sure. should be the ones to go and I, and I liked that it was it was kind of a respectful moment. It's the first time I've seen either of those brothers do anything remotely heroic. Sure, it's, yeah. it's Standing up to yeah. your mother no, could absolutely. be the most heroic thing any man can do. <laughs> do <laughs> do <You're> we? <laughs> yeah. do, is this when uh, Corliss comes back? Is that the next?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, the scene that Rhaenys, it convinces Lord Corlys that like, Rhaenyra is where we need to... They, they flip the script and he's finally like, you know what, let's quit chasing the throne. And Rainy's is like, no, like we finally have the right yeah. person in line. Um, that was a fun little switcheroo of their two storylines um, and thought process throughout. And uh, he 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 brought a lot to the table, and I think.
1: I love, the, one of the greatest things I think Game of Thrones does, George R. R. Martin does, is he makes these characters who seem like non-factors in the storyline super important. Like for the past, how many episodes has Carlos been incapacitated, almost assumed dead? like, two or three, and then mm-hmm. yeah, and he becomes a major factor in their army shoring up the seas, which I don't really understand. Crawford, can you kind of explain where he's like, oh, no, I was successful?
2: They have, like, all the ships. Right. Um, and the they've always been, like, the admiral or whatever as well. They also have all the wealth um, that, that comes through uh-huh. trading. And because of their earlier exploits uh, in the Stepstones, right, with, like, killing the Crab King and stuff, Uh uh, they own the Stepstones, which is just basically a series of islands that separates Westeros from uh, the other free cities and stuff across the Narrow Sea, which is where all the trade comes Mm -hmm. through. And so if they own basically all the shipping lanes, they can starve out, king's landing and anybody else because they can say we will take all the resources that are coming from all these other lands and you can't have any
0: two things there number one that makes Renera a lot more like willing i think to go to war knowing that they can do it in a somewhat peaceful manner where they can just starve yeah, off point. king's landing instead of burn it to the ground and number two you'll remember like 10 weeks ago when we thought the crab <laughs> king was gonna be like the big bad villain um this <laughs> this yeah. season and boy were we right. so wrong um, boy were we so wrong uh, That was a really good um, I thought I, We'll probably say this again some way But Rainis and Renera and Alicent I, I, Along with Patty Considine I think have done a fantastic job Of telling a really really hard story Both young and older uh, Renera and Alicent Both f- actresses did a phenomenal job But really, the four of them carried it with their performances. I think Matt Smith did fine too. His is a little bit easier to convey Mm -hmm. what he's thinking and feeling at all times. Um, But those four actresses really did a great job. And Patty, as well, carried a lot of the season. And I think that shows a lot in the last scene as well. Uh, Let's just get to it, guys. Let's get to freaking Luke. As soon as his dragon landed. uh, To be clear, I watched this with my wife and two of her best friends. And when the, I was already like, man, I don't feel good about Luke, man. (laughs) This isn't good. The camera held on there like hands holding "Mm -hmm." (laughs) what is more than likely for the last time. Like a little too long. Like it's definitely for the last time. And his dragon lands and he gets off and sees that huge dragon. I went, Luke, run. Get out of there. Go now. Immediately leave now. And
2: he didn't listen to me. <laughs> no, yeah. When when Vagar shows up in the back, looking straight out of Jurassic Park, it's time yeah. to go.
1: <laughs> when the watchtower, the moves. electrified fence is down, <laughs> it's like a straight up building just croaking at yes. him. But uh, can you remind me, Crawford, why he's going here? What, what's so important about Lord Borealis or or whatever his name is? This is Baratheon. Oh, oh, it's the yeah.
2: Baratheons. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, the king of Storm's End um, in the Stormlands. And the Baratheons have always been very tight to the Targaryens. Uh, the the head Baratheon at one point, I can't remember his, his name, um, was like basically the brother of uh, Aegon the Conqueror. And they were best friends. Oh, and they also were like half-brothers. And so... He would go and do a lot of the fighting and the Baratheons have always been tight, very uh tightly wound with the Targaryens. They've been hands of the king on and off and done all. Yeah, so she feels very confident about sending gotcha. uh, Luke there because she's like, this is the safer option versus going yeah. to Winterfell with the Starks, who are, you know, historically very stubborn Prickly people, and that might not be the the nicest interaction. But this one should be fine.
0: She also said that Jace is closer in age to the uh, Stark guy, yeah. so they they might be able to bond a little bit more, and he he'd be able to talk some sense into him, or they they'd be able to kind of talk it out. Whereas Luke, hey Luke, go show up. Say hey, make sure you stick with my mom. Okay, great. Bye. I'm leaving my dragon.
2: Yeah, it's um, basically but, like saying like, hey, go visit your your second uncle. You know, we haven't seen it in a while, but it's probably fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's not uh-huh. fun. Also, I love the one moment where he handed him the message, and he was like, "Where's the maester?" It's like, oh, you can't yeah. read. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: that was a nice little touch. I like that. In a in an hour and ten minute long episode, they decided to put that little yeah. three minute bit in there, uh, which you know, whatever. Um, but then I mean as soon as you see Aemon in there you're like this is just not going to end well and then he tries to fight him in the room which be- before we do that that guy the Baratheon yeah. that dude's a POS oh, yeah. and he was like oh what did you come Eamon offered to marry off one of my daughters you know what did you bring to me it's like dude Let's let's fight to death uh, right now, you and me, Mono mano, right
2: now. No, I love that he did in the middle of that interaction basically turn into a game show host <laughs> and he was like now which yeah. one of my daughters would you like to marry? <laughs> yeah, there's door number one, <laughs> door number two. Yeah.
1: I I I liked his character. I, I felt like it was the first time his character kinda had a, a you know, a say in the matter and he was gonna he's gonna grab whatever he could. Yeah, stand yeah. for something. But he, he did. He, he did. He wouldn't Eamon tried to take his eye. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. Not in my court. All right.
0: Yeah, that was kind of nice. Uh also Eamon's got a sapphire in his eyeball.
1: Yeah. That was kinda cool. <laughs> Didn't see that you coming. I
0: eye. wouldn't wear the eye patch if I had that much bling <laughs> in my eye socket. I would probably let that thing fly that let that thing shine.
1: Um interesting move. As my banner carrier. Or am, am I the banner oh carrier for Eamon? I
0: hate that you beat me on this so bad. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're yeah. a bannerman
1: for Right, right, right. Okay, so I, I as as my leader, Amon, I feel like when he asked for his eye, there, there's really just, I don't see one way that that scenario ends well. I don't see one no. way, which a- like later on in the show, they they kind of make it seem like he didn't want what happened to happen, but also it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he was gonna do anything to stop it from happening, and I don't know if it was just that he's not very smart I- or if that he's not very he didn't have much foresight. I've got a different theory that I want to okay. unpack with you later.
0: The kid running out of there, right? Getting on his dragon. I don't know, jump. I was like, please, get up. Yes, jump on the dragon. Go right up. Go right now. Go right now. I thought it was very interesting that they decided to show us uh, Luke going to the dragon and saying, serve me. Listen to me. Before he got on. I think Luke knows he's about to get chased. And he's like, you listen to me. I am your master. You and I are going to do this together. We're going to get out of here. Fine. Mm-hmm. And then he takes off and... Man, I knew I knew it was gonna happen. I'm sure most people knew it was gonna happen. The people I watched with did not know what was about to happen. They were like, "Oh, he's gonna leave. He's gonna get out." And I was like, "Y'all are idiots. Watch a movie, read a book. Like, this is not any read well for book. this kid." And <laughs> when he's flying through the air, and you're like, "Okay, he's like trying to get up above the clouds. Like, maybe this works out for him." And then you see his dragon, and then you just see this huge dragon right behind him in the clouds. And I was like. Oh, well, Luke, we had a good run, buddy. Your hair color never made a difference. I don't know why they <laughs> didn't just give you a different color wig, but it made me mad this whole season. And uh, then, so then you do get to where Drew on was talking about, where the it's, they make it seem like Eamon doesn't really want to fight the dragon. And if you recall, Eamon does go after Luke, but the dragon that takes the first shot was actually... Luke's dragon. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, no, 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 serve me. Listen to me. And he even says like no to the name when he shoots the fire out. And then Amon's dragon comes and chomps his dragon <laughs> in half. <laughs> but I think what this scene shows you is that number one, these kids can't control these dragons, which goes back to what Viserys said in the first episode of, we were never meant to rule dragons. We shouldn't have done it. It's, we can't even really do it. Huh. I can't remember what the exact line was, but he said something like, it's a falsity. We just make it look like we can control them. But then number two, it gives you that the kids weren't yeah. ready. They they weren't ready to have this power. They're not ready for this war. They're not ready for this adulthood that's thrust on them. Um, but that's where they're at now. And now there's a full-on war going on because these two kids had a dumb childhood beef. And they couldn't control the power that they had. And that cost one of them their life. And it's going to cost a lot more people mm-hmm. a lot of lives. Um, I thought that was really, really well done. How they showed both of them losing control of the dragon, and that being what's going to kick off this huge civil war.
1: I thought the whole chase scene was beautifully shot. Like, I I think it's really hard to to shoot a chase scene well. Kyle, I know notoriously you love chase scenes and car. Um, Yeah, but they do a great job of like when he's flying in the air. There's stuff that like the watchtower appears. Out of nowhere and that's haunting and there's clouds that are always ominous and thunder and then the dragon appears like out of the clouds multiple times and you hear Eamon's laugh over the lightning which is kind of a cool even like uh, audio editing uh, Mm -hmm. aspect. Uh, but the just the whole it was very thrilling and in, in a way that seemed dynamic and yeah. believable.
0: Oh, and they make you think he's going to get away when he goes into the little cavern thing. You're like, oh, you,
2: you he's did doing it, the castle right? run. Now this, yeah. now this is pod racing.
0: Now this is pod racing.
2: Yeah. So, Kyle, to what you were saying, I I like that it started with Eamon losing control of his emotions, right? And because sure. he's clearly mad, rightly so. He lost an eye. As a child, he's going to have some pent up trauma and rage about that. But to what Drew was saying earlier, he makes an unreasonable request, right? You can't look at somebody in public and be like, stabbing your own eyeball (laughs) out. And you're like, oh, ha ha ha, what? And he's like, no, I'm serious. It's like, all right, well, you are acting like a crazy person. And he knows that. He understands like he's not making rational decisions. But he's just mad. He's so furious and he loses control of that. And that is what ultimately spirals the whole situation to then losing control of the dragons, like you were also saying. And now he's lost control of the war. Yeah. Right? This is still at a point where it's a controllable outcome. They're talking, they're negotiating. You know, people are like, maybe we can find a peaceful resolution. Maybe we don't have to kill each other and he has now taken that option away.
0: I've been saying for nine weeks now, the show is so well written. We talked about the circle backs to the first episode, um, where you get the stillbirth scene, um, you get the Otto Hightower on the bridge at Mm -hmm. Dragonstone scene, and then the first episode ends with Renera being uh, announced as the heir to the throne, and her just looking down the barrel of the camera, uh, looking very regal. This... Season one ends with the very long shot of Damon coming to tell Renera the really bad news and her like stumbling because she's taking it so hard and then her turning around and staring down the barrel of the camera with this look of like, I'm ready to burn everybody to the ground. I thought that was such a great move by the writers and the directors of this show to kind of put those little tidbits in there throughout to tie it ball back up to also show you why one season need to span 35, 40 years, whatever it was, shows you the growth of the characters. And it was worth waiting 10 weeks to get to this point where they're at now. And also Rhaenyra, the character that we've grown to really like and appreciate and love, she needed a reason to say, screw it, they all need to die. There was no, it wouldn't have made any sense, the character they portrayed to us, for her to just say at the beginning of this episode, oh, they killed my dad? Well, yeah, let's kill them all. That that wouldn't have made any sense for her character, the way they've portrayed her. She needed something to push her over the edge to say, burn them all, which I thought that was such a good way of doing it. Now, correct if I'm wrong. In the books, it's much more cut and dry. Allison had this struggle for power, and she has this great plan. As soon as they hear about it, Renera's like, all right, screw them. Let's go to war. Is that kind of how the book goes?
2: Yeah, and, and she is like, hey, let's let's go get our people. Like this incident does happen in the books. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like they go and they're all gathering their forces, but it's one of those where, like you said, more cut and dry. uh, She's like, I should be queen. They usurp her. And she's like, Nope, it's time. We've been kind of dancing around being mad at each other for the last 10 years and that was the final straw. Let's all go get our people. I'll get my three best friends. You get your three best friends. We'll meet outside the schoolyard and we'll throw rocks at each other. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, this this takes what was I assume was like a footnote in the in the book and it makes it like the climax. It makes it the biggest most important thing to the characters. I think it's really cool that they they're taking the source material and they're building upon it to make it something that you could reasonably understand somebody doing, and understanding and empathizing with them why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, man, this show's so good. Can we get season two now? Uh-huh. Yeah, I hate is. that the kid that I was like, I could have chosen from any of the 54 kids, and I was like, oh, I like the kid who you know took the eyeball out. Uh-huh. I like that guy, and he's flipping dead. Who Didn't make him? it six more episodes. Was it, was it my kid? Yeah, yeah. He was killed <laughs> by... You call me the serial <laughs> killer psychopath. You're I, the one who picked in that <laughs> <week> for... <before. laughs> Yeah, that's I tough, will say, man. I, I still rag yeah, with Damon, but no, the, no the director
1: does say this is kind of the moment where Damon loses this last little bit of his childhood. His, yeah, when he yeah. accidentally kills Luceris, uh, or definitely leads and causes Luceris to be killed, um, you see that that fear that what have I done? That oh crap! Look on his face, and like when you're yeah. in that moment, you have like one of two options: you can tuck your tail between your legs and run home and say I'm so sorry I'll never do it again or you kind of double down and
0: yeah I'm interested to see how he's gonna play that off in the second season if he's gonna be like mom super big accent the guy was yeah. chasing me in fact he, he shot was first. trying to fight me and my dragon just was bigger yeah I- I'm interested to see if they try to play that off or if they make him go like full bad like nah screw it this is what we need to do I have a feeling it's gonna be the former um but that's I'm excited to see how they play that off and I'm excited to see, like, whatever Rhaenyra decides... Whoever Rhaenyra decides to uh. kill from here on out, I'm for it. I, I'm, on, I'm on your side. No person killing or people burning or, or town smashing is is, a, is an uh. unforgivable fact at this point. After what she's been through. Go ahead. You do your thing. Queen. My queen. Go, do do go you ahead. think... Which also tells me, by the way, this doesn't end well for Rhaenyra. Uh. I mean, I know this is a prequel. And I know that we've all... I know that everyone that we're watching right now is dead in Game of Thrones. So, like, none of them are going to live to see the end that Jon Snow got. But, like, I think this was her turning point of, like, she's about to make the decision to go full on, like, war goddess of dragon riding. And there's a cost for that. There's a penalty for that. And that makes me sad because I really like her. Do you Grenera. think
1: that she... Full in starts just listening to what Damon says. Do you think she goes further than Damon, and Damon starts having to be the one to pull her back? I think maybe. I think maybe they're both going to see who can outcrazy <laughs> the other one and how many ways we can burn people to death.
0: I could see. I that would too. really be yeah. for that. I'm here for unhinged Rhaenyra. I get it, girl. Yeah, let's do it. Let's burn everybody. Cause there everybody. was still
1: like she turns and when she spikes the camera, it still seems like there's a a. <laughs> Certain level of control in her fury, but she is definitely, like you said, like I don't know if unhinged is the right word, but
0: in this one episode alone, you see her to lose a, uh, you see her to lose her father, you see her to lose um, her unborn child, you see her to lose her inheritance, and and all of that does take a toll on her, but the the way she portrayed losing Luke and how much that hurt her. I was like, "Oh, everybody strap in. We this is a new pain. This yeah. is a new hurt and we're not ready for it." Yeah. I'm so excited.
2: The thing I'm excited to see is we're finally getting to people playing the Game of Thrones. Right? You saw the High Towers talking about it when Otto originally talked to Allison and was like, "Okay, so you're you're finally in. I didn't think you were ready, but now you're ready to play the game yeah. and position for power." And so you saw them starting to play it on their side. Uh, it's been the Targaryens in charge for so long with no questions asked that there hasn't needed to be a game for the throne yeah. because whatever the Targaryen yeah. said just happened. Mm-hmm. And Renera is now finally getting that as well. And she's like, Oh, just because I'm a Targaryen and just because I have dragons and just because someone told me I should be in charge, I can't just assume that I have to maneuver scheme make some power plays i've got to start using people i've got to start like it's not just hey i said i'm in charge so i'm in charge and she in that last scene you can see um has made up her mind of i'm going to effing play this game and i'm gonna win this game and it's, it's over now
0: oh i so i didn't think that's her playing the game i took it as i'm <laughs> gonna burn everything
2: down well yeah. whatever's left
0: i will rule over it
2: well sure but like In order to do that, she's going to have to go play the Game of Thrones. She's going to have to go get people on her side. She's going to scheme. She's going to make uh, plots. Things that she wouldn't have done an episode ago. And now she's like, all right, let's effing do it. And it's like, yes, we're now finally back in the Game of Thrones. What a good show.
1: Does the dragon that Damon sang serenaded his lullaby to? Is that an important? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's important because we spent a lot of time. Yes, and it was. I mean, Matt Smith is a really good singer. Great job on his part. Can you kind <laughs> of tell me what to expect? Like, was he is he taking a dragon to for his own, and and he's going to give his old dragon to somebody else? That's the play.
0: He's trying to get as many dragons on their side as humanly possible. Yeah, that was what we were talking about earlier with the three riderless yeah, yeah, yeah. dragons. Yeah. Um, He's trying to get
1: all of those.
2: Yeah, so that is Vermithor, the second largest dragon behind Vagar, which is the giant dragon that ate the other dragon. Right. Okay. In this episode, so the Greens have the biggest dragon, and the Blacks had access to the second biggest dragon, but it was not being currently ridden. So he was going down there to be like,
1: he's trading. Time to wake up,
2: little. Big old dragon boy, and uh, come come play with me.
1: So he's trading in his old car for the new upgraded model. Ooh, except an even older car. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, this dragon's like a hundred years old. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. But
2: it doesn't matter. It actually makes you like more badass of, of a dragon because like you're you're like bigger and older, and,
1: elder, an elder dragon, all
2: sorts of stuff. I don't yeah. Like that. I don't know. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, okay. Can
0: you can give us a tease. what we'll would look forward to season two.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So where we did all these time jumps in season one, the characters are now fully developed and fleshed out. You shouldn't see any more time jumps. Uh, in fact, you should see time really start to slow down and take this microscope view in because the Dance of the Dragons is only a couple of years. Uh, the Civil War. Oh all- no. Yeah. So as we took like 25 of years to get all this stuff set up, now... All of the events are going to happen in like two or three years right on top of each other. I'm pretty sure. I might be misremembering, but I think it's a fairly short period of time. Um, So we should see more focus on battles, uh, big events, scheming, inciting incidents, things like that, and less of, hey, it's been 10 years and let me kind of catch you up real fast. (laughs) Sure. There will be some awesome dragon battles in season two
0: this show's done such a great job of making me care about these characters. Cause I didn't care about any characters in game of Thrones until like the second or third season. I think after Rob Stark died, then I was like, okay, I kind of cared about yeah. that. That one hurt. And so I already care about these characters a whole lot. And I'm already really sad. Cause I just don't think this ends well for, for my girl, which means Damon's probably not ending well either. And everyone I love is going to die in this. So it's fine. I'm just going to make my piece with that now started with Luke. Next one up is Damon. Don't feel good about it. Don't feel good about it at all.
2: Season one of House of the Dragon gave us all of the Game of Thrones tropes that we've come to love, right? There was uh, a wedding where shenanigans ensued. (laughs) There was uh, a couple of weird brothel scenes that you're like, didn't see it absolutely necessary, but all right. Um, We have dragons, always big. And then there was a surprise death at the end of the first season that you're just like, Oh no, I hope this character I started to love doesn't die. Oh, there it was.
0: Uh, and then he did.
2: And and you think the whole time they're like, Well, there's a chance they get out, right? Yeah. Like, even when Sean Bean was getting walked <laughs> to the headsman, I was like, "There's a chance he gets out of this." Uh, and even when that dragon was flying through the canyon, I was like, "There's a chance he gets out of this. it." My heart knew that, like, he was gonna die. Oh, and they immediately yeah, really. let, they
1: let you. He flies out of the clouds. You're like, "Oh, it's bright sunlight. No, so He's out of the worst yeah. of it, right?" Mm-hmm. Nope. No. Nope. And it the wasn't. Boeing 737 dragon not. just. Appears out of nowhere. <laughs> that
0: was so brutal to it. You. you just saw bits and pieces oh, of the dragon. You don't even see the body of the kid, just bits and pieces yeah. of the dragon fall to the ground. Oh, season two can't get here quick enough. Uh, well, listener, thank you for hanging with us on this 10 week journey through the first season of House of the Dragon. Uh, if we're still around in two years, we'll probably do this again for season two. Uh, thanks for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.